You are listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, friends, welcome to episode six of At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Uh, as always, we've got our friends in here, Chris Knight, lead pastor, Angie Brenneman. Angie Brenneman, Angie Brenneman, uh, our family ministries pastor. And we are super, super excited to welcome our guest, Derry Prinkert, in uh, today. Derry serves as uh, the student ministry leader at South East Christian Church in, is it Blankenbaker? Blankenbaker. Blankenbaker. Yeah. That's a, named after the road that it's on. That makes sense. Good. Go. Blankenbaker Campus, uh, down in Louisville area. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. so, uh, I just, guys, I have to start off by saying, uh, we're just going to call Derry is a local legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a local legend, but he decided to go to Kentucky, mm. which, uh, you know, I, I'm sure has raised uh, raised some questions about his salvation. So um, that being said, fair. it's fair. <laughs> that being said, Derry, thanks for coming on with us today. I'm glad to have you here. Um, carrying on a conversation around technology and kind of uh, a discipleship approach to technology. Uh, for those of you that are listening, um, our, this format is just as it has been in our home series to this point. We have a Sunday session where Derry shared with our whole congregation at Wakarusa Missionary Church um, and uh, talked through uh, how to be. What I, a lot of the words I heard were how to be wise with technology, how to be discerning, how to how to guide our families and our kids and ourselves uh, in in technology use. And boy, oh boy, uh, a lot of good questions came up. Uh, and and Derry has at the outset said, uh, you know, he, he told us he can't he can't set up our Wi-Fi uh, router for us, but he 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 does, he does have he does have some really helpful insights, especially uh, as Derry has continued to work in the youth ministry world. Uh, Derry is a just a, a dear friend of mine, uh, mostly from a distance. Uh, quite honestly, the last time Derry and I talked, we met in a diner, and then he moved to Kentucky the next day, basically. so uh, Little known fact, yeah, yeah, Joel's was, the reason why yeah, was like, Derry no longer lives yes, in Indiana. He's like, that, well, that conversation was enough. I need to leave. So, um, <laughs> But uh, it's just so good to have uh, have everybody back in here in the room today and having uh, this conversation. So what we want to start off with is, uh, Derry, as we always do, just a, a quick flyover summary with regard to our Sunday session uh, the big kind of takeaway pieces that you wanted to give to people. Um, if you were to summarize that kind of, what, what would you give us? Yeah, I think what I would give is just the importance of us recognizing we are living in a digital reality that is drastically different than those of us that are 30 plus uh, grew up in. And uh, the, the institution of the smartphone is a huge part of that, uh, that, Though when we look at technology, it's incredibly valuable for us to understand technology is much like a knife. That's the analogy I use. Analogies fall apart all the time. I I will say that. But the idea is a knife is fairly neutral. uh, But when it depends on whose hand it's in and how it's being used, that can be uh, whether it can be used in the right, in a healthy and good and true and and right way, or if it can be used in an unhealthy, damaging and wrong way. And uh, ultimately, uh, just trying to walk through what that looks like. And as you said, uh, I think our call is to be transformational 
in this world that we live in, and therefore there's technology everywhere. How can we be agents of transformation in the name of Jesus, as well as we are called to live wisely because the days are evil around us. And if technology is so pervasive in our culture, obviously the evil is going to come through in that in that form as well. So how are we going to be wise stewards, wise consumers, and transformational agents in it? Excellent, excellent. So Angie, I throw it over to you um, as we uh, – Obviously, we had our. I had some thoughts ourselves. Each one of us probably. We were, I was no. I was writing down some notes and things that I was like, oh, I got to ask Derry about this. Uh, but we also got questions from folks. So kind of weave that all in for us and kind of start us on our discussion today. Yes. So one of the things you said, um, our response to this digital world that we live in, you said the church um, sometimes is in a bunker and so we alienate ourselves. Number two was the accommodation that we, you know, put the church on a leash, we go here or there. But then you had the infiltration and transformation and that the church is in the world, but not of the world. How do you see, and maybe even in the reality of a of a youth and what you've worked with, what does that mean? In um, how do we protect ourselves from the negative effects that's happening and be in the world but not of it? Yeah, yeah. I, I would take the step back. Let's let's not even talk about technology for a second. No, right. And let's just talk about what it means to, uh, if you're a student, walk into the school. Uh, that you're at, if you are an adult, to walk into the marketplace where you work. If you're you're a, a stay-at-home mom, but you're work, you're interacting with others. Um, being aware that we are in a world where there are people who have said yes to following Jesus and people who have not said yes to following Jesus. We are in a world where there has been given a level of authority and ability for Satan to roam and steal, kill, and destroy. Um, we are in a world where the flesh, the, the scripture talks about, us apart from the spirit can take over and our sin nature can push us. And we are in that world. Jesus did, we didn't, when we accepted Christ as our Savior, get swept off to eternity with him. We are left in this world to figure out how to navigate it. And Jesus said of his disciples, I pray, Father, that you won't take them out of this world. But instead, you would keep them there and they could be my, my uh, representation. And, and that is a prayer that he made in John 15 through 17. His, they call it uh, the, the farewell address uh, that, that is there as he's praying for his people. And it's not just true of the disciples, it's true of us. So if that's true, we're called to be present in this world that we're in, but make sure we're not allowing it to affect us. Uh, I say it to my kids sometimes uh, on the way when I get ready to drop them off school is, remember kids, we're thermostats, we're not thermometers. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know that picture, Tamil Moore made it popular. Um, but, but a thermostat sets the temperature, a thermometer only reflects the temperature. And at the core, that's the idea. Um, I'm in the world seeking to set a temperature that could point toward who Christ is and what Christ can do. So if that's what we're doing overall, we we need to recognize we live in – there is a digital society we're a part of in a way that we've never been before, that that our social media platforms, our cell phones, our uh, engagement in streaming services, in YouTube and other things, they are an extension of the world that we're living in. So we have to figure out how we can go into that world – but not allow it to affect us in a way that would draw us away from the message of Christ and what it looks like to follow Christ. Well, and to build on that, I'm just building out the question. You kind of finished on the idea of discipline Mm -hmm. and how 
the spiritual discipline um, is often, I guess we could say it's really kind of ignored sometimes. We Who likes discipline? You know, it seems yeah. like to be negative. But let's look at it in a positive way when it comes to living in this world, but not of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and like we, we look at that word discipline. Let's just recognize the word disciple is mm-hmm. a part mm-hmm. of discipline. And mm-hmm. so if we're going to be disciples of Christ, we have to have discipline in our life. And then we often think of discipline as punishment. But really, at the core, discipline is putting right practices in that move us toward the right results that we want to live toward. And so uh, disciplines, when it comes to technology, can be – there's so much we can talk through. And again, I, I recognize uh, the chances of a third grader listening to this podcast over a, <laughs> uh, a 40-year-old parent listening. Or it's a lot higher. Where I'm talking to the 40-year-old parent. Immediately, it's like, well, how do I teach my kids the discipline? And my thing would be – uh, let's pause on that for a second and talk about your personal discipline and and what practices are you putting in place to be healthy in your digital engagement. Um, and that that can be so many things of just stopping and saying, like, what are my guidelines? Um, Chris, we got stopped on the way up to here, and somebody just mentioned how he's a he's a he's a grandfather, and he talked about his adult kids who can't leave work. Uh, in the way that he was able to leave work. He would get home from work, and, he, and the most he would do is just talk about work because uh, – but now his kids, who are adult kids with kids, it's kind of like, hey, honey, hold on a second to their son or daughter. i got to answer this quick email that's, that has to do with work. Like what are going to – what are the practices, the habits I'm going to put into place when it comes to engaging my work when I'm at home? And and pausing and asking what to what level do I need my uh, my email active on on my phone? Figuring out those practices. That's one side is like the disciplines of when do I engage and when do I not. But then there's also the disciplines that those those spiritual disciplines. One of my favorite books I've ever read is The Celebration Discipline by Richard Foster, where he walks through twelve uh, different disciplines. And, and many of those disciplines, when you look at them and say, how do I practice these in light of technology? More times than not, the dis- disciplines like like solitude, meditation, silence, simplicity, those probably end with some sort of result where I unplug from the technology I'm in. Now, there's others like like study and worship and, um, and it, that, that definitely can play into it. And so, so anyway, what I would say is, in, 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 the, in the midst of discipline, there's the ideas of, of finding how I'm going to handle this stuff, but also how am I going to make sure that, that the amount of time I'm spending on my phone is not getting in the way of the, of the time that I'm taking, just simply get in the word, to be in worship, to, to know when I'm going to turn it off, when I'm going to turn it on. I think um, in our family, we've talked a lot about this and setting the, the stage where you make goals. Like I think a lot of times families just kind of allow the culture, allow the world to define mm-hmm. who we're going to be. Yeah. And instead, as a family, to sit down and say, okay, what do I want? This is a tool. It can be used, mm-hmm. like you said, it's a tool. It can be given some great opportunities for um, a lot of things good to happen. But to put the goals out there, talk about it. I think you mentioned it this, mor- um, this morning in our time together. You said talk about it. Know what you're going to do and why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because the kids want to not just know what you're going to do. They want to yeah. know why you're doing it. Yeah. And this this conversation with parents and children, it begins, oh, how old is your youngest? My youngest is five, and he has his own Kindle that mm-hmm. we have all, that he's allowed to use. And so we talk to him about, hey, buddy, nope, your time's up. I'm not going to enter. That code came up because your time's up. I'm not going to enter it in and give you more time. Um, so 
So yeah. it's, 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 it happens early on. And it's a reality. I sat, um, we went to a conference this last weekend and I sat in a conference on the Gen Alpha generation. And as a baby, when we're not, we're not just talking like a five-year-old, mm-hmm. but a baby is introduced to technology and screens for one hour a day yeah. at times. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Yeah. So we have to define this. And I think, Dare, you'd agree. Goals an understanding of what you're dealing with. We can't be just uh, let the world define this. We have to define it as our family, and we need to be that disciplined disciple of Jesus rather yeah. than a dis- you know be disciplined by the world. Yeah, and I would say I don't think there's one right way to do this when it comes to the family disciplines that come into play, but I could throw out – here's a couple of things that I've seen done. Um, one for us is uh, we – we have put time limits up on our kids' apps, so and there's only a certain amount that they're allowed to have. And then uh, the, that that screen locks up. I have the code to where they can't go. We talked about that. Um, we make it a point where we don't put the, we don't have our phones at the table with us when we're eating. Um, I know families that basically say all phones go to this spot. No charge. I like this one. Some families no chargers allowed in bedrooms, which is just a really simple, subtle thing. That means like if you're your if you have your phone in your room overnight, like it's gonna die. So you gotta charge it somewhere else. And so it's a it's a way of like of, of doing that, but just overall. Um uh I think that that can be a great practice. Uh another another thing that I think can be really valuable that I would just throw out to parents is setting in some of these practices where we talked about uh, you know the importance of putting it down, turning it off, um, and, and those things. But having moments where mom and dad say, Hey kids. Mom and dad have been talking. We're going to just do a week free from any TV or Netflix. <laughs> we are. We're not saying you have to, but we are. But we would love to invite you to consider doing that. And if they choose not to, to say, that's great. No problem. But but to actually set the example, hey, this isn't something we're just doing to show you how to do it. We actually need to do this ourselves. And so that would be I, – I heard a family talk about how they started doing that. And it changed the dynamics in their home where the kids are like, oh, you're not just here to – like." Your example is your example for your own life, not trying to tell us yeah. what to do. Kids are learned by observation yeah. more than they do for anything that they hear and are taught. It's observation. And yeah. so if we're going to be um, doing this in our life, they're going to see that. And they're yeah. going to – one of the things, Derry, I don't know. I know that the question came up, well, how do we navigate this question of when our kids get something and when they don't? Um, I know you're, you said you have an eighth grader and she has things locked down on her phone. Yep. Um, I have an 18-year-old. And I um, did the I kind of pushed the limit and didn't allow my kids to have um, social media until they were 15. Mm -hmm. And we we kind of created this opportunity to engage by me um, giving them something that they could. One of the things I think, and you would agree, Derry, kids want it because they want to know what their friends are doing. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Oh, I think it's, yeah. a, it's a huge part to it, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But to um, follow, be on the um, Instagram app with them, know who they follow, know what they're doing, know what they're interacting with. And in a way, it's a little bit redemptive because it gives them a, an avenue to fail. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we we can't just take them so far out that we don't give them any opportunity to learn. And I, I just didn't know, do you have any other observations of maybe ways to train, but yeah. ne- not necessarily just say, oh, you can't do this? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there's a lot. You know, when you look at different social media platforms, Instagram is a huge one that, that kids will want to get onto. Um, there's the opportunity to set an account to private. 
um, so that nobody can, you, you know, you can't, all you can see is that person that has an account, but you can't see any of their posts. Um, so maybe an introductory thing would be to say to your kid, uh, yeah, I'm going to let you have this. It's going to be set to private. And here's the deal. I'm going to know your password. Um, and to start, uh, you're going to, we're going to run whoever you accept to be your friend by me. Like that might be a really strict way to go about it. It might be, um, I'm just going to have every mo- once in a while an audit moment where I can look at it. Um, and know what's going on. The, the scary part on Instagram is what private messaging can do and where, how that can come in that you always got to watch after. Um, but but having uh, ways like that, um, I think, I don't know, don't quote me on this because I, I mentioned it today. I have an eighth grader with a smartphone who does not have any interest in having a social media account. She just really likes playing Gotcha Life and Minecraft on it. And uh, so we have the time limits on that. But uh, she... Um, she, when she is ready to have that account, I think what we'll start with is it'll just be, you can have it uh, and you're going to post and here's the following people that we're going to let follow you. And uh, we'll talk through how to post and why you want to post. Uh, she loves taking pictures. And so I'm praying the avenue comes of like, I just love to show, like have a place to post some of these pictures that I've taken. Um, so I think that can be a way to go about it. I think another would be at times to just do an overall like, I'd call it a social media audit. Um, and this could be a moment of like, kids, we don't we don't normally around the dinner table have our phones out. We're going to pull it out. And I want everybody to go to everybody's different site and read off something that they posted this week. And then we're going to talk about why they posted it. Why is the reason you posted it? Now, some parents that are listening to this just freaked out. <laughs> I felt, and I'd say, I felt my, my, my pulse just yeah, go up a little. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, which I would say, great. That's probably a reason why this could be an exercise to do. And it can be a discussion, but it also can be a chance to talk about how do you how do you, how are you curating what you're putting out there? Mm-hmm. I'd like to stay on this topic of social media for just a second. Derry, uh, first of all, to the listener, if you've not listened to the Sunday session, make sure you go back and listen to this. Derry offered some really good input and you won't want to miss out on that. Derry, uh, as we started talking a little bit about social media, uh, I want to ask from a standpoint of a student ministry leader on the impact it's having on students, but also parents. Mm-hmm. So Social media has seemed to create a lot of fake realities or false realities. It seems like parents are using it today to say, look how awesome my kid is. They never do anything wrong. This is that. And what we're almost, in my opinion, what we're almost doing is we're showing these kids to be something that they're not. Like they never have a down moment or an off moment. You mentioned about showing a kid crying every once in a while. Just keep balance. What impact is social media having on students when their parents are always just self-promoting? You mentioned everybody's an expert on social media. I would also say everybody's a marketer because everybody's marketing their family and their children and their skill sets. But I'm afraid that these students grow up to be adults that all of a sudden their life crashes when they realize maybe I'm not as good as everybody's been telling me. Any any extra thought on that? Yeah, I think you talk about just what's my observation on that. and I, I can talk about from a student ministry world so many ways we could go with this. I can talk about from my own personal life too. Like, and I think we can all do it, but let's just stop and assess. How many times do you pull up and maybe just scroll through whatever social media platform you're a part of and just look at everybody else's perfect life and begin to just feel terrible about yourself? Because that, that pristine picture of that family and just thinking, man, like – my kids uh, don't their their hair doesn't look that nice all the time and and uh, man they they're they're doing this they're going here they're doing all these things and the all, like that kid's getting all these accolades and 
and and which it makes sense to post it makes sense in quotation to post those accolades and different things but what we're seeing more times than not are the really great things that are going on uh, and and missing like the the everyday stuff um and that person had time to pull that picture up and they probably took about 52 pictures um, and pick the best one and maybe even like have an app where they were to pay, pull out this kid wasn't smiling in this one. So I'll just replace them. And it's not even a real picture, you know, like that, that actually can be there and then took time to walk through exactly what to write and how to how to work through it. And so that causes an anxiousness in us as parents, as adults, even in how we're raising our families. Take that and transfer that to a kid who hasn't fully figured out how to present themselves in this world and how to what it looks like to uh, uh, uh be authentic and um, the desire to be liked and to to get likes equals being liked. And so I'm going to properly pose and take these pictures of myself and everything else. Um, it is is huge. It raises insecurity. Um, you know what's interesting? I mentioned this to you guys. I, I believe you, you, we started the home at home talking about physical wellness. We talked about mental health, and then we took time to talk about addictions. And I think all three of those social media is combating in a way and causing them to rise. Like the anxiety that is present and how much it's gone up and depression in students and and uh, and asking like, hey, what is the biggest thing you're battling? Anxiety and depression were not at the top of the list um, in the early 2000s and the late 90s when I started youth ministry. Um, but they are absolutely at the top right now. And I can't help but subjectively just look at that and say there's a correlation that's present in this all. And um, and then even just like you've done it, we've done it, long day, sit down, pull up my social media because I'm just tired and I want to just zone, veg out for a little bit and I scroll through it and I turn it off and I'm more tired than when I sat down. It, it's, it, it can be exhausting. And it's, it's a, I think that's a part we just have to recognize it's affecting us. And in that way that it's affecting us, have the conversation to say, there is a faux reality that we're seeing here, and we need to recognize that. I think it would be helpful if parents would realize that um, this whole idea of fear of missing out, like mm. it's okay to miss out. There, Sabbath is okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, taking the break and uh, posting reality on social media every once in a while. Just say, hey, we're a family that struggles just like your family. Yeah. And uh, here's some things – you know, we've been learning from the struggle or such like that. Yeah, that's I just really feel good. like there's so many masks that are taking place on social media these days, and it's only going to create a problem long term. Don't you agree? Yeah, and as you know, Derry's in the world of of youth and families, and obviously, I spent a long time there as well. And I, I just the the number of uh, I can just go back to so many situations. The number of conflicts between families that came out of social media. Yeah. The, I mean, we haven't even talked about like the degree of you know, online bullying yeah, and, just the same thing you know, too. and kind of shaming and guilt, guilt tossing and, and those, yep. so, those sort of things. And so much of that being possible because there really isn't much ownership behind the things that are being put out there ultimately. Like, mm-hmm. and I think it's so interesting. We spent all this time to curate this thing and put it out. It is, it's really gone. Like I'm not thinking about the thing that someone posted last week. Right. Right. And so there's this kind of this vicious, like you got to keep doing the output. At the same time, it's not um, for all the time and energy that we're putting in. What is the the lasting the lasting value of of any of it? And so, it it, it can create. It's sort of like it can be like a, a flash bomb, create mm-hmm. damage, create insecurities, or whatever. But then, 
then people move on to the next thing. But some of the damage remains. And so I just think so much about, um, I think we've kept coming back to is modeling a healthier way forward, modeling, Mm -hmm. modeling wisdom, um, in all the, in so much of the youth ministry and family ministry research that, you know, that I've looked at, it's ultimately our kids get what we are. And so we, we, when talking about the family and parents, I, I think throughout this conversation, our whole at-home series, I mean, it really does begin at home, but, um, and I'm guilty of this. I, when my kids started getting into technology, now nobody has a phone yet, and we're having, we're having serious conversations about that right now, because <laughs> like my, my soon-to-be 12-year-old asked me that yep. the other day. I've even thought about saying, you can have a phone as soon as you can pay for it, um, mm-hmm. which I think probably puts that a few years out yep. uh, yet, probably. Um, but you know, we've been having this conversation just in terms of, um, you know, what, what are, what are my wife and I doing? What are we, what are we modeling to them? And, uh, I think a lot of times to your point, frequently model the, at the end of the day, after I've worked hard at something, the way to recoup from that is to turn my phone on or is to look at, is to look at my phone and um, and that's why I've seen with our own kids, like when they get home after school or whatever, the first thing they go to is certainly not their homework uh, and is is not, you know, to open a book or just something like that. But rather it's going to be in front of a screen somehow. And and we've we've tightened the, we've tightened the reins that we've tightened the reins a bit, which this is the other question I had. As soon as we tighten the reins, you would think that we had deeply just deeply scarred our children that we had done a great injustice to them because all of a sudden it's like hey my machine won't connect to the internet anymore it's Mm. like i had fun for a little while and played dumb because i didn't i was like i don't that's weird buddy i'm not sure what's going on must be a problem (laughs) with the router knowing that my wife had hit the pause button you know whatever when it comes to because i think i think i as a parent i know other parents when it comes to your kids pushing back Mm -hmm. on some of the boundaries yeah what what does it take for us to walk through that? Yeah, absolutely. Because well, because I, I know if I'm man if I'm if I'm living life and I'm I, my patience is thin and I'm not feeling like I have a bunch of a lot of resources to pull from. You're going to give them the iPad. That's to, right. Just like yeah. please, kid. Yeah, never mind. Thing. Fine, yeah, just yeah. go 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 go. Yeah. I've never done that, Joel. So I don't know. What <laughs> right, to tell you. Yeah, right, I, right. Actually, completely. I think that's uh, you know we uh, the addictive nature of technology is important to keep in mind with this. Because um, anybody that is addicted to something, and if they they go off of it, there's a time that's called detoxing, right? Yeah. Um, actually, uh, my senior pastor Kyle Eidelman, he did a series like right when I got to Southeast called "Redeeming the Screen." And actually, I wish I, you know what, I'll, I'll try to track this down and send it to you guys. Mm-hmm. He did a week long digital detox where it, they gave the whole church this challenge, and the goal was to have one day completely technology free. And you think, oh, here's the challenge. But what they did was they actually set up for several days. Here's the steps you take so that you can actually have that one day technology free and not quit on it because you you're like breaking out and sweating or whatever else. And um, and I think that's important for us to recognize in this is that their reaction is a part of the detoxing and the reason why you're doing what you're doing is and and uh, to to simply stop and say, hey, this is a part of, of getting to where I need to go. So, um, so I mean, the answer is uh, a lot easier to say than to do, but it's stick to your guns, you know, yeah. uh, in in what you're doing with that. 
and um, and recognizing like the immediate result. It's not like, oh, we just turned off the technology for a little bit. And look, now suddenly we're having deep, meaningful family conversations. We were gone for five days to Michigan uh, total. six. Well, it was about six days. And I would say our most meaningful nights of real good community happened in the last two nights. It, it was – we were on edge. We were working through just a lot because we were unplugging from a busy season. But part of it too is we were unplugging from a lot of the technology that we were around to try to just to do, to do after this. And so it took a while for the breakthrough to happen. In northern Michigan, let's be clear, folks, that is the place. That is the place for mm-hmm. your phone to not work. It's so. fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah. and I want to um, kind of build on this, the whole idea of Sabbath and rest that this is a discipleship issue yeah. because we all know that what has um, God told us, be still, mm-hmm. be still, you'll hear me, you'll hear the voice when you're still. And putting these boundaries up in our lives is not just necessarily putting down the phone. And I think you'd agree with me, Derry. Sometimes it's putting off the music yeah. or um, stopping the TV or the video games. And I just think a lot of us just say, oh, it's like getting rid of my phone. But if you took an inventory of your life, would mm-hmm. you agree with me on this? There is more technology that rules our everyday lives than we even oh, can yeah. understand to have that Sabbath rest. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really important. Can I, I, I'm actually reaching in my pocket right now to say another thing I don't think we're thinking about the implications yes. of. Is, I just pulled out my AirPods that are actually in my pocket and I've had since this morning and I have absolutely no reason. I don't know why I put them in my pocket. Um, but even what what the world of headphones has done, because what we're doing is we're, we're, we're closing out the noise around us, which can be okay in some ways, but we're plugging into constant noise in so many ways. And the amount I wear these things is what I'm getting deeply convicted over right now. This is now me saying like, here's where I'm walking through coming to grips is I put these things on when my kids are being super loud. Um, and so I can just kind of zone out and do whatever I want. I put these on when I don't want to, when I walk into the grocery store and I'm afraid people are going to stop me and talk to me, I just wear them so they won't bug me. You know, like there's different things like that. It's obvious that you don't want to yeah, talk ex- to anybody. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but there's a, there's an unhealth and I, I think we are in a, that's the other thing that I, I, I'm just starting to lean into and I haven't done a lot of talking on because I'm still studying it, but what I would just call uh, earbud culture mm-hmm. uh, is at a level in a way, and I think it, it's interesting how that's affecting us because we are plugging into noise um, in some level and missing out on natural and beautiful noise of nature as well as the silence that can come and stuff. Well, and AirPods allow you to be present but not present. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting too. Uh, so you're living presently in a world, but you're actually not engaged in the current reality. So Sean and I were just on vacation and the person sitting behind us, as soon as we landed, put his AirPods in and started making a phone call. We didn't know the context that he was actually in the sink. And all we heard him say is, he has a knife. He has a knife. <laughs> Honey, he has a knife. And all of a sudden you're on an airplane and somebody's yelling. <laughs> oh man. You know, you over talk loudly when you have AirPods and he has a knife. That's not really what you want to hear. And then we realized that the the dad was FaceTiming his wife and in the background, the child had a knife. Oh, gosh. Context is everything, but you're not living present in the moment. You're physically present, but you're not present. That's good. Yeah, I think um, we all want you to listen to our podcast, but um, these guys (laughs) give me a hard time that we have to unplug from our learning, too. Yeah. And I think, you know, podcast is a great way to learn. It's a great way to grow. There's a great way to, you know, be, um, you know, present with technology and audiobooks. I mean, this is like mm-hmm. our world. It's a touch of something to give us what we want. Yep. And God, 
how has this changed our view and our relationship with God as disciples of him? Mm-hmm. He, he's not necessarily this uh, microwave, let's have it in an instant kind of God. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, that's what I hit when I talked about one of the things that's the current reality is the immediate reaction, mm-hmm. the opportunity for immediate information and constant information, immediate reaction is we serve a crockpot God, not a microwave God. In so many ways, and and so many of the disciplines and, and breakthrough of hearing His voice are marked by time, um, and silence, and um, and so many of the lessons we learn are learned over uh, a length of time. And so, I think you're exactly right. Like that is that is incredibly important to keep in mind. I, just the rhythm of engagement, disengage, engagement, disengage, and that even I mean, for young people, you know, I. Darian and I are both fascinated. We talk about the prefrontal cortex a whole lot, you know, yeah. as, as young people are developing. And, and there's good, I mean, there's good research to say the argument it's in the later twenties that, that, yeah. that that's the, the brain systems of, of wisdom and discernment and decision-making all of that impulse control, Lord help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're developing over those course of the years. And, and I just think it's like so much of our learning is engagement with things, but then a disengagement for reflection and process. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're constantly just in the engage station, I mean, I just look at the Man. life of Jesus alone. When we're yeah. talking about spiritual disciplines, it's, uh, yeah, have input, sit under teaching, think about some things. But then really the, the fullness of thought and reflection and learning is to also put yourself in a space where the earbuds come out, the headphones come mm-hmm. off, the screen the screen goes blank, and it's Lord, what do you have for me now? What am I what am I supposed to uh discern from this? You know, and I just my biggest concern without sounding like an old fuddy duddy is is an emerging generation that has a little time for discernment, little time for reflection, uh, when when the light is always on, when the you know, when the sound is always coming in. Um Yeah. And it just seems to me that we as the church have a unique gift that has been given to us, the history of our church, the, the message of Jesus, the, the very nature of, um, yeah, just the very nature of his teaching is one where it's like, gosh, so much happens in, in the, the unplug and the reflect and the reflection uh, season. Uh, the, even the, I mean, the fact that the gospel authors took time to say, man, he was, off in the quiet places, off in the, off in the desert lands. Like that's, uh, that's pretty significant. So I just, I wonder in light of that, like what, what is our modern context? And and I have to imagine, because I know I struggled this with this in student ministry, whenever we go on retreat or whenever Mm -hmm. we're trying to do like to, to bring young people into that reality and have them experience that. Cause it feels like I almost had to like force, like force it sometimes Mm -hmm. quite honestly, be like, I, okay, I don't know what else to do. Put your phone in the basket and, yep. you know, whatever. Yeah. Entering into rhythms of um, of Sabbath or those those sort of things. What what's helpful for our for our young people in that in that area? Yeah, um, I, Angie might appreciate this. A key mentor in my life is a guy Terry Bly, mm-hmm. who I have deep respect for. And one of the things he early on put into practice with me when it came to youth ministry was the importance of the debrief. Is oh, what he oh, talk the about, debrief. Which I always yes. get the picture of somebody taking their underwear off. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry for that. But um, but uh, we would do – any trip we would do, uh, we would have a moment in time uh, where we would pause before going back in. So if we went on a missions trip, if we went 
even at a camp, the last day was a time to say, okay, now let's reflect on what's happened so we can figure out what to go into next. Now, think about that in our current digital reality. If I watch YouTube, when that video is done, if I don't do anything, another video shows up. If I'm on Netflix watching the show, it goes to the next episode afterward. Um, and, and it's if I'm listening to podcasts, the next one plays. Everything um, in our digital reality is being set up to keep you going and going and to going. To binge. To not st- – yeah, binging yeah. is yeah. the way to go, to not stop. And so um, what does that look like is like understanding, okay, something just happened. Let's not move to what's next. It's tied to the FOMO, but it's also – it's deeper than that. It, uh, FOMO, if you're missing out, if you didn't know what that meant. Um, but it's not just tied to that. It's like we the, the goal of whatever it might be. Um, I actually – Netflix guy, I read this quote. The head of Netflix said, our three greatest competitors are YouTube, iPhones, and sleep. Hmm. Oh, come on now. Now, that like just should – if that doesn't anger you, I don't know what is. But, <laughs> but um, the idea to just stop, and I think, um, I think that can come out in a lot of ways. I am pretty fiercely committed to never move to a digital journal. Um, and I know some people don't even journal. So I'm taking you like one step back of saying like I have a physical journal – that I pull out almost every morning um, and take some time. It's actually a journal that asks me some different questions that I've gotten. It's been really great for me. Um, and it's just some simple questions. And every day it kind of has a left brain exercise and a right brain exercise tied to it that's really good where I just kind of lay out my day and write it out. with my. And there's something about my brain going to pen to write it down yes. onto paper. And then another ex- the other side is sometimes blank pages or draw out the day, things like that. And having that where I take time to reflect on the day that was and prepare for the day that is, is so important. So I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm doing this where you asked me a question about young people. I'm taking a lot bigger than that. But, I love it. But, but I would just say um, a, the, one of the disciplines that we could maybe land on is where are your stop, where are your pause moments where you're not moving from what was to what's next, but you're actually pausing and saying, hey, what was and what is next? And how am I going to be careful how I live, not as unwise, but wise, to make the most of the opportunity that just happened, that I can learn from it, as well as figure out what's coming so I can make the most of the opportunity while I'm in it. Mm. Derry, I want to draw back to the Sunday session, and you used a couple of practical tips about putting it down, turning it off, or using it redemptively. And we've shared just a little bit about this already. Uh, My question for you is the parent who is listening to this and feeling anxious and everything and wants to to rush towards the idea of we're just getting rid of technology altogether versus the using it redemptively. You used a couple of Bible verses uh, in that session, and I just wonder if we could take just a second. Can you you tell us those verses again and maybe just unpack just a little Mm -hmm. bit about maybe not rushing away from it, but how to use it redemptively? And you're talking about the Romans, the Ephesians. Yeah, if if we just unwind that just a little bit, because as, as we wind it down, I just I want parents to not get this idea of we're just done with yeah. it, but really focus on that. Redemption. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, the two and these are scriptures that I constantly. I mean, early on when I was just even studying movies and just I mean I love I'm a movie buff. I love movies. I love watching movies. Um, but also part of it is I love looking for Jesus in movies and looking for the redemptive story that's present in, in movies. And so that was a part of what came into this is I, I found these two passages. And I believe they just continue to tie into technology as a whole. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing your mind. Like what I, I think is really important to that, it is not saying do not step out of the world completely. In fact, it's saying just like don't conform to the pattern 
So it, it, it makes the, the, the assumption that you're going to be involved in the world, but don't be conformed to what's happening in the pattern of it. Instead, find the way to be transformed through the renewing your mind. How do you renew your mind? Well, go back to what we just talked about, the pause moments, the moments where you're uh, putting yourself, you're putting everything down to reflect on what God's teaching you, listen to the Holy Spirit, to get into Scripture, to surround yourself with community that is pointing toward Jesus. Um, and that can be where you can transform your mind. And then it says, and there's a promise tied to it. When you do this, then you will be able to know, test, and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love it. So many kids always ask me, well, how do I know what God's will is for my life? I love to point them to this. Like it, it starts with offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can find God's will. And interestingly enough, then Ephesians 5, another moment, Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus that was on the cutting edge of the time doing some really crazy evil things, but also were kind of like a hub of culture. He said, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. To pause there. There's uh, 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 be careful, uh, you know, be careful how you live, pursue wisdom, and make the most of the opportunities that are for you. Again, assuming you're going to be involved in this world that's around you, uh, so it's not cut yourself off completely, um, but be wise and, and be aware. Maybe there's times you need to cut yourself off so you aren't because this stuff is affecting you too much. And then he says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord is, Lord's will is. Um, I think that is uh, pretty huge. And, and, he, and I, I left out a key line in that. He says, be careful how you live, make the most every opportunity because the days are evil. Um, and that, that's the key in it. So, so yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I would lean toward there are times to step away completely, yes, um, the real key for us to be able to thrive in this world and be agents of redemption that God's called us to be to this world is figuring out how to be a part of it without be becoming it. Mm-hmm. I, I think, Derry, we're, we're hitting it, that we're not only have to be um, aware, we have to be wise, and they have to be combined, mm-hmm. and they have to do that. So we're not um, saying that you just throw out your kids' opportunity for video games or social media, but maybe take inventory. So tell us a little bit about a digital um, download that if you contact me via email, you can get so that you can take that kind of um, guide and work through your own home. What's actually in my home that has technology? Yeah, yeah. I created something called the Digital Engagement Workbook when I actually first did a thing for some parents called Adolescence Parenting and Technology and just thought about, well, how can I best help parents um, to nurture conversations, but also set up some healthy practices in the home. And so this 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 booklet, it's it's pretty large. There's a lot to it. I mean, if you want to go after this, be ready to give it some time and some conversation um, in your home. Uh, parents, be ready. What you do is you would talk together. And there's different sections. The first section is called, uh, it's a device inventory. And you're simply working through the different devices, electronic devices that are present in your home and actually each family member. So you're including yourself in this. Like what what devices do I have? The amount of usage that I have on it, rank it from a one to five, and then some questions to follow up. And then after you're done with that, you go to the family and you can talk through like, hey, what, here's what we're looking at. Everybody, what do you think? Where would you rank yourself? Then the next is looking at actual social media platforms that you're a part of. And, and uh, there's two columns to that that you work through is one, how involved is each family member? And then you as a parent, how aware of you are you of that? 
of that. And and if you're, they're very involved and you're not aware, pause and ask the question, what needs to change about that, right? And then and then the last couple of sections then start to get into, after you've done this inventory and working through it, beginning to say, what are some things we can do uh, to set up a digital code of conduct, like the, the ways we're going to put it down, turn it off, use it redemptively, talk about it. Like, how are we going to do that? And then um, even setting up some boundaries in this family. So it, it works through, I would say, if you're like, whoa, that's way more, it, we just need to do a quick inventory. That's cool. Use it as a family that's going to best set you up to be a home that is discipling well and engaging wisely in technology. And Derry, this doesn't have to be a family with teenagers. No, no, it it can absolutely be if you're uh, if you've got young kid, if Little you're kids. if you're empty nesters, do this for yourself. In fact, empty nesters. Uh, you might need to really think through this because you, the temptation to begin to fill your time with something is there, and this stuff is addictive. So where might you start filling it? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, again, we always want to remind everybody, uh, over at walkiemc.org, you click on our At Home tab. We we list all of the resources there after each and every episode. So that's going to be a place uh, that you're going to want to check out um, and all of uh, – I was going to say all of Derry's uh, goodies. I, whatever whatever Derry wants to give us that uh, links and all this info, you'll, there's a whole uh, info uh, sheet that he makes available. Lots of links, uh, online resources for you to kind of dive in uh, in a helpful way uh, to uh, one, educating yourself about technology. Because I think taking the time just for personal education. I know yeah. for myself as a father, I, I just like – it's like I woke up one day and was like, I – I need to get on this and I need to get on it soon because my kids are going to those places and, mm-hmm. and I can't just turn a blind eye and call myself responsible and call myself good. Uh, someone who's discipling my family. So uh, it's, it's a value and uh, we're not just going to, we're not going to put our heads in the sand. We're going to, we're going to be intentional. We're going to be offensive. That's there right. Go. In this yes. world, that's right. we are going to get on the field and, Get offensive. That's what that's yes. th- that's the takeaway. No, but do the work. Yeah, that's the whole deal. We have to mm. do the work. Yeah. We would do the work if our kid was sick. With yeah. The doctor. We would do the work in the classroom if they were falling behind. This yeah. is our new reality as parents. We have to do the work. Amen. Yeah, and amen. So, uh, friends, as always, thanks for tuning in uh, to another episode. Uh, Derry, want to say a big thank you to you. Thanks for uh, thanks for being with us, taking the time. Uh, Derry's schedule is uh, is one of of well multiple responsibilities. So we're, we're glad we got a, we got a, got a chunk of the pie uh, with you today. Um, but as always, again, check out walkingmc.org for all those resources. Uh, and as you're listening to our podcast, remember, we always love it. If you can share, like, uh, this helps people get access to some of the content that we've been talking through. Uh, but friends, uh, we do just want to let you know, uh, we here are as, uh, we're here as a faith community. We want to support you. Um, you can contact, uh, if you get on our website, you can contact any one of us, um, see how to get in touch with Chris, Angie, myself, or any of our team. Um, we are here, uh, for you to uh, support you, to come alongside of you in whatever challenge, uh, that you're, you're facing, whatever you're up against, or if you're just looking for a community to connect with, um, to follow Jesus together. So, Uh, grateful for each and every one of you. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Take care. At Home, the podcast is produced by Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting wakimc.org. That's W-A-K-Y-M-C.org. From there, you can click on the At Home tab for more information. Thanks for listening.